What's going on everybody? My name is Tristan and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Everybody, welcome to episode 14 of the Bethel Moments podcast. I'm so excited you guys joined us today. Um, I have my friend, Dr. Jerry Anderson, who's an amazing man of God. He's a, he's a pilot for John Maxwell, but he's also a co-founder to Lared Business Network. But this man not only does all these incredible things, but he also has God living within him, just like me. But he he's really, he's living on mission. And I'm so excited to get to know him and become friends with him and have him on the podcast today. And I'm just going to kick this off because he has a message for you guys that I believe is going to change your life. So Jerry, welcome. Hey, thank you, Tristan, for having me. Let's have fun together. Yeah. Listen, I, I when you talked to me about being on your program, mm -hmm. I, I thought, okay, what what do I have to give? What do I have to give to, uh, and I prayed about it. And today I want to talk about a rock pile. Mm. I want to talk about, we each have a rock pile. And if we don't have a rock pile, we need to borrow somebody's rock pile. And let, let me explain what I mean about the rock pile, because it's really helped me in life. Uh, a rock pile is, when I first read about it in scripture, it was Joshua. And Joshua was leading his, his tribe to the promised land. And the... Bible says that the waters, God stopped the waters, the river, and it was in the it was in the springtime, so it was when most water was coming through. I mean, God didn't choose the dry season, he chose the wet season because he wanted everybody to see the favor of God, the miracle of God, and what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they said the water backed up as a wall. Mm. And they marched across the river with taking the ark and then God asked Joshua, take one leader from every tribe. Do you have 12 tribes? Go back in the middle of the stream where it was dry, pick the biggest boulder, biggest rock that they could, and put it on their shoulder and carry it out so that they would have 12 large stones, mm. 12 large rocks. Now, what was that for? God was saying, I want the next generation to remember what I did here. Mm. Not always will... A person be living that says, hey, this is what happened. I was there. But those rocks will stay there, and they're still there today. So I think each of us should have a rock pile story. A rock pile story does a couple things. It fuels revival in your life. It fuels hope in your life. If you can look back to something you experienced, then you can say, oh, my goodness, this is what God did for me, or this is what God can do. This is what God has done. And, you know, the Bible is full of it, Tristan. I mean, the Bible is full of testimony after testimony after testimony. And that's what should be on our hearts, on our minds, and our lips, is sharing of what the Father has done for me. I, um, I think that, for me, I was struggling in life about uh, probably in the early 2000s. Uh, the two the two guys that I was carrying their their books for you're carrying their suitcases uh, was the co-founders the really the main founder is a guy named John Schrock amazing guy eighth grade educated Amish but he truly not only did he know Jesus like I've never met anyone but he had so much wisdom mm. that he would just pour into not only me but he poured it into thousands of people worldwide John Schrock and uh, John was uh, he he passed away oh, a few years ago, uh, but his his ministry is bigger today worldwide 
than it was when he was alive. And not many people can say that about someone else, but his ministry is larger today, even though he's not here and growing into it. But I was struggling uh, because I, I felt like I needed to be a John Truck. Yeah, because John uh, retired, he asked me to carry on. And it was like, wow, how can I be a John Truck? And then the second guy was named Bernie Torrance. And how can I be like Bernie? Bernie was gifted. Bernie, if you ever get around Bernie, he is gifted trainer. I mean, he's a people carer. I mean, yeah. I wanted to be like Bernie. I wanted to be like John, but I was struggling as a leader. And I, I went on uh, a, a trip to um, Columbia. Yeah. And um, when I was in Columbia, I was invited to speak at this conference. It was a businessmen and businesswomen's conference. And we got there a little late because we had a meeting with the Department of Justice there in Columbia. And as we got to the church late, we're walking down the aisle in the center of the church and they're, they're singing, they're worshiping, yeah. church is full. And as I was walking down the aisle, Trishan, I noticed a lady looking at me and as soon as we made eye contact, she started bawling, like not just crying, but just like <laughs> kind of crying and yeah, yeah, uh, where you could just kind of like hear her nearly screaming. Wow. So we get to the front of the church and I turn around and and she is being helped by two other women friends of uh, bringing her to the altar. And when she got there, the pastor said, how, how can I help you? I mean, the you know, they just got done worshiping and. It's kind of unusual. He didn't ask for a, you know, come forward. And she said, you know, my mother's dying of cancer. And she said, last Saturday, I decided to take all day, eight hours, and pray for my mom. Mm. I canceled everything around me, got into a quiet place, and I prayed, and I was going to pray for eight hours. Mm. I got into it for about an hour, and I found out, I mean, I I heard from God said, hey, quit praying for your mother. Wait a minute, I've come to pray for my mom. No, I don't want you to pray for your mom. Pray for this man. And she said, this picture of this man came. And she said, it was you. you God showed me your face and gave me three words for you. That's all you have to do is three words. You bring hope, belief, and inspiration. I thought, oh, okay, great. So I wrote those three words down, hope, belief, and inspiration. Mm. Tristan, the following week, I was in Guatemala. And while I'm there, I had an assistant, and she said to me, she said, hey, I have a, a prophet lady that I really trust and believe in, and she has a word for you. She called me today and asked if she could come visit with you. She has a word for you today. I said, sure, perfect. Mm. So when she came, she said, God gave me three words for you, Jerry. She said, this is all you need to do. You need to bring hope, belief, and inspiration. The mm. same three words, Christian. So I left there, and I went back to my home in Ohio. And I got to my bathroom the next morning. And I there was a little block of wood about this big on my bathroom counter. And there were three words on that little block of wood that was engraved. Hope, belief, and inspiration. But, wow, that's the same three words that the lady in Guatemala told me, the lady in Bogota told me, and now it's in my bathroom. So I called my wife in and said, honey, 
thank you for this little block of wood. Those are the three words. She said, I didn't put that there. So I quit asking. I didn't know who, I knew who put it there. God put it there, how it got there, I don't know. But those are my three words. And so the, the message I have for this phone call mm. or for this Skype with you, Tricia, that I, I would pray that I would bring someone hope, belief, and inspiration. Oh. I, and that was, that's been part of my rock pile. Yeah. You know, I, you and I was talking uh, a few weeks ago about one of my rock pile moments that happened in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, had, I had shared up in Pennsylvania some time ago. This was probably 2006, seven, mm. And <clears throat> after I was done sharing, there was a lady there on, on, the, on the training center also. Uh, her name, uh, Patricia King. She, she has a small Christian TV station out in Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. And she said, hey, Jerry, would you come and share? I'd love for you to share about values and I'll record them. And then I'll have maybe like, maybe we can do six to eight recordings for a half hour each. I said, perfect. I said, I, I'm out there about every two years. I make a pass through. My wife and I fly to California and we, you know, I can stop in the way. Anyway, a few months went by and I called her on the phone. I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in the area. I'm passing through. And she said, great, I'll set it up. I was going to be there on a Sunday. I arrived on a Sunday when I got there with my wife. We said, she said, hey, um, there's a church service in the hotel you're staying at tonight. I have a visiting pastor. His name is Michael Maiden. Mm. She said, would you and Jerry, that's my wife's name also, Jerry. She said, would you and Jerry like to come? I said, yes, of course. And so we go and, and no one knows us, Trisha. I mean, it just, you know, Trisha only knows Patricia only knows me from me speaking about values at a, at a big conference. Mm. Well, after Michael Maiden brings a wonderful message, he said to the crowd as he's overlooking the crowd, and he said these words, there's somebody here from Ohio that their father was murdered. Who was that? Mm. Well, I knew exactly who that was because my wife's father is from Ohio. We're from Ohio. And... He was murdered 40 years earlier when we first got married. He owned a small grocery store and two guys came in and robbed him and they shot and killed him. Man. And he said, this Michael Maiden said, hey, um, Jerry, um, he's talking to my wife. He said, uh, do you have brothers? And she said, yeah, I have two brothers. And she's, he said, can I pray for your brothers? He said, I don't think your brothers have dealt with this yet. I mean, it's been 40 years. And. She said, sure. And so he's laid hands on her and praying for her. And then he, she starts to sit down and he said, wait a minute, you have grandchildren? He said, yeah. He said, can I pray for your grandchildren? He said, I, I believe one of them is going to be in the ministry. Great. So I stand up with her. He's laying hands on us. I'm feeling good about this. And we're now turning to sit down. And Michael Maiden is looking over the crowd and he said, there's somebody here from Cincinnati, Ohio, that has a lawsuit. Who's that? And I, I turned and I said, well, I'm not from Cincinnati, but I have a lawsuit in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I said that, he said, whoa, you have two lawsuits. I said, yeah, one is really big. It's a class action suit. It's $7 million. Wow. He said, they've been keeping you up at night. I said, yeah. He said, God wants you to know that he's going to take care of it all. 
all the attorney fees, all anything out of your pocket. God is delivering all that. Release it to him. Wow. This was in July. And in November, it was all released. We had a, probably $250,000 worth of attorney fees. We had to pay a, a, a million or two. In, uh, but everything, God supplied every dime that we needed. Wow. All right. He continues on. <laughs> Michael Biden says then, he said, oh, you have somebody that's working for you that steals from you. The stealing. Wow. So we go home back to Ohio a few weeks later. And my wife says to the office, hey, I want to look at all of our credit card charges. Hmm. And so the girl that she was talking to got really nervous and said, oh, there's just boxes and boxes of them. She said, Jerry said, I don't care. I just bring them all over, put them in the living room. I want to look at them all. Jerry didn't know. And that's sometimes it's, it's a great experience to go through. Uh, when God brings something to your mind, you know, investigate it out, right? I mean, God was dealing with Jerry on something about credit cards, looked up through all the credit cards, couldn't find anything. About a week later, the same lady who Jerry was dealing with uh, emailed me and said, hey, uh, we would like to I'd like to meet with you today. I have something in my mind. I said, sure, I'll be there this afternoon. She said, can the CFO come too? I said, yes, of course. So when we go to meet with her, as soon as we walk in, she starts crying, really emotion, emotional. I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said, uh, she said, I, I just can't sleep. It's been two weeks. I can't sleep. I can't eat. She said, I, I got saved two weeks ago. I said, well, great. Let's celebrate. And she said, no. She said, I've been stealing from you. And she said, and she turned a piece of paper to me and it was 60 some thousand dollars. And she said, um, please forgive me. And, and so is she still with me today, Christian? She's uh, she came to me and, and she's been a real blessing for us, uh, for my family. Mm. Um, and then the next thing he said, he said, you bought three buildings on a corner and they've been keeping you up also because you didn't know why you bought them. Uh, and the three businesses that I bought on the corner was a restaurant, was a hotel, and was a health club. And I only bought them because of my friend, my mentor, John Schrock, was going through some physical needs. Um, he came down with sugar diabetes, and his doctor said, hey, if you want to live a long life, John, you need to release all the pressures around you. So Jerry and I bought this, these three buildings on a corner. Uh, not because we wanted those businesses, but we wanted to help John because he saved our marriage. He saved our businesses in California. And so we bought that. And I got to tell you, Trishan, when you come to see me, visit me, uh, you'll be staying at the Berlin Resort. It's an amazing place. It's a, truly a gift from God. And they've, it's been doing wonderful. My family runs it now. And the the uh, last thing that, that uh, Michael said to me, he said, whoa. God's buying you a new jet. I was like, wow. Uh, he told me that my wife's father was murdered and she was from Ohio. He said, I had uh, two lawsuits and I did. He said, someone's stealing from me and I found out they are. Um, it was, and I do have grandchildren. It was like all these things, <laughs> right? Like, oh my goodness. But those are my rock piles. Those are the things I go back to now. I've recorded those. And so when I'm troubled about something or going through some things, I wait a minute. This is what, I mean, God knows me personally. 
that he spoke into me to say, hey, this is where you're at. This is what I know. That's helped me so much. Well, to finish that story, about six months later, I went to visit a guy in, um, in uh, Texas named Lance Walnut. I don't know if you know Lance, an amazing guy. He has a podcast similar to this. And uh, Lance has been a friend for many years. He invites me in at, at, for dinner in his home in Dallas. And at dinner, he invited another couple. She was a pilot also, worked for a charter company. And she said, hey, um, have you ever wanted to fly these Phenom jets? And I said, oh, my goodness, yeah. So they're all over the news. As a pilot, it, you know, she, would you want to fly? Yeah, I want to fly. She invited me the next day to go fly, and I did. Okay. I flew a jet, tasted good, smelled good, felt good. <laughs> Didn't think any more about it. Now, another year and a half goes by. And I get a phone call from a, from a, a, um, a company. Guy said, hey, I'm looking at your airplane here in the hangar, and we'd like, to, we'd like to buy it. Would you sell it? I said, well, everything's for sale, of course, with the right price. I'll call you back tomorrow with a price. Well, the next day he, or that about two hours later, I get another phone call. It was the company that, that I flew the jet for a year and a half earlier that said, Hey, uh, if you ever wanted to buy a jet, now's the time because we bought, we got two of them in this month. We can only use one. We'll pass the savings on because we've bought 40 of them. Mm. You're never going to get a price like this. I said, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Someone called me to buy mine. Someone called me to sell theirs. And then two hours later, Tristan, I get another phone call. And it was from a company that I thought I would never hear from. I just kind of blocked them out. Mm -hmm. uh, they said, you know, that money that we owe you? I said, yeah, it'll be in your bank account on Wednesday. So within six hours, I sold an airplane, I bought an airplane, and I paid for airplane. But the reason I say all that, Tristan, is that... Um, if I wouldn't have heard from Michael Maiden mm -hmm. that exposed all that to me, it wouldn't have given me belief that that was for me. It was way above my pay grade. It was more than I ever could see myself doing. And I think that's with many of us that mm -hmm. um, sometimes that there, God wants to take us to bigger places mm -hmm. than what our minds can even conceive and believe. And when you start developing your own rock pile, then you can go back to say, well, my father did this, my father did that. That's why I believe that the rock piles are so important uh, in someone's life. And to be able to record them and, and pass them on to the next generations. To me, it's tough. You know, some, some cultures feel that's wrong to talk about, uh, you know, their story. They think it's arrogant. Uh, but I, you know, God didn't put all those stories in the Bible for those folks to be arrogant. He gave us those stories so we could have hope, belief, and inspiration. And that's what we want to do here yeah. also. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, I'd love the. I, do you have anything else for us, Jerry? Or do you want to Well, I was I'm going to say, you know, when you tell your story, you open doors uh, for others. Um, and you help you set your, your own self on a track um, and your dreams can be bigger and bigger. 
Yeah, because you have those rock pile stories. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. I think I think that those those stories, like you're saying, like um cement you where you're at, you know, like like similar it's so funny you brought up drop like I asked you to talk about Michael Maiden because of your story, but I also had a similar story with Michael Maiden where where it's like like you live your your life off of those rock piles like you're talking about because and because you can go back to them and it's like a, a core memory and I just I love it because it's like if you ever get lost from your sight of your your destination where you know God's taking you you can go back to that and then just like be like oh that's where God needs me and then you can get right back on the mission you know exactly um, right you know what I what I did Tristan is after a you know so it was from the time I saw Michael Maiden, it was two years before the jet came about. Mm. And after the jet came about, now I have delivery, I'm flying jet, and I called Michael Maiden. I said, Michael, you don't know me, um, but I want to take you to dinner. Mm. Um, I'm going to be in Phoenix, you know, where the date was going to be, would you, would you go to dinner with me and my wife? And he said, yes. Anyway, I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. I wanted to have him hear of how he built my faith that could help him build his faith. Because sometimes as a prophetic gift with a lot of people is that they are hearing from God, but they just want to be careful how they expose from God. Mm -hmm. But I wanted him to hear what he exposed to me, the stories that he told me, that he, he could build his faith about sharing with others about what he's hearing from God. Mm -hmm. That guy hears from God. I, I love Michael Maiden. Yeah. 100%. It's so, he's so amazing. Like um, Bethel's um, new building they're building, Arise and Build the Project, is because he prophesied about about the building, everything, you know, $100 million yeah. building. He said it's time to build, you know. Yeah. He's, he's on it, man. He's uh, on it. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, think of what, it, look at what's happened in the kingdom because of that. That, that jet was not for me. After I received the jet, Tristan, it was like, oh God, why did you give me a jet? <laughs> I mean, with great gifts like that, there is uh, great expectancies from God, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, why, Lord? And I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss, well, why did God gave, give me this jet? And I was praying about it. And in 2005, this is, uh, 2010 is the year that I got the jet, but 2005, I bought a condo in Florida because my financial advisor said, hey, you should buy a second home in Florida because the increases, uh, the value percentage a lot more than Ohio real estate, and except, whatever reason. So I did. And I got to know in the same building I live in, in Florida, is where I met my friend John Maxwell. I call him Second John. Yeah, first John Schrock, Second John Maxwell. And John and I, you know, it was just, it was only God coming together. And I remember the maybe I don't know. We we met in 2005. It was probably a few months later mm -hmm. that I had a smaller airplane and he got stuck someplace and he called me and said, "Hey, could you fly me from here to here?" And I said, "Yes, of course, John." And then again, maybe a few months later, he said, hey, can you fly me up to Canada? Yes, I can. And, <clears throat> and then when this jet come, it was like, okay, I know what this is for. 
Yeah. This is for John, second John. Um, and we did, we started flying a lot, uh, getting him to go from point A to point B. I knew and I recognized it was like I was, I became a chariot driver for Paul. You know, if, if Paul was living today and he was a chariot and he was wanting to get a ride from place to place, I would be that chariot driver. And that's what I've been for John. But the beauty of that is, is that we've taken what God has given us through John Schrock, first John, of these values, of taking these values out of the book of Proverbs and putting them down and exercising what my daughter developed, uh, which is GPS, Global uh, global Priority Network. You can look on the online ad, it's uh, Global Priority Solutions. Mm-hmm. And she developed these round table theories of how to get these values into your life. And anyway, uh, John's been using that around the world. We're seeing thousands and thousands come to know the Lord through the round tables. We're touching countries that um, probably over a hundred nations. Yeah. Uh, that's and it's making a big difference of in, in these nations. So anyway, mm. but that's where it started. You know, God yeah. gave the gift, and it keeps on giving. I I saw a I saw a video. Um, I was I'm sorry. I I like to research and stuff. I was looking up uh, Lared on YouTube, and I saw y'all were in um the Bahamas doing something. Yeah. There, yeah, we talk, worked with the police there. Can you talk about that with me? Oh, sure. Um, it really started, Christian, and, you know, we were always working with business people. It was, you know, we came from the business world, and we learned these values out of the book of Proverbs. We just wanted to share them with other business people around the world. Mm-hmm. And so this was 89, 90, 91. Now we're in, in uh, Guatemala. We're in Colombia. 92, 93, that's where we got our name, uh, uh, Lored. It means it's Spanish for the net. Um, we, were, we were working primarily with business and I received a call from one of our, our um, trainers in Colombia and they said, hey, the president of Colombia just made contact with us and they would like to train uh, leaders with our values. But they would have to, you have to take out the Bible verses, because at that time, all the Bible verses were where we got the reference from. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like Proverbs 24, 4, you know, or, or Proverbs 14, 17, you know, whatever came from. Okay. Yeah. So that was a real hard decision was like, and I remember going down to, you know, wisdom comes from many counselors. So I went to meet with John Maxwell and said, John, what do you think the government wants me to take out the Bible verses. And John said this to me, he said, you know, Jerry, he said, all the material that I have in my books all came from the Bible. But he said, if I would start listing of where I got it in the Bible, Bible verses, Mm -hmm. he said, there'd be people that wouldn't read the books that I'm writing because they think it's, you know, for Christians. And he said, I don't want to build any walls. So I call it stealth. You know, I go under the radar and I'm able to reach people through God's word without them even knowing about it. Ah, perfect. So we did the same. We took the values that we had, took out the Bible verses, and we watched God do something supernatural. And it was in the prisons of Colombia. The prisons of Colombia, there was so much corruption that the president said, we have to get rid of the corruption in the prisons. There were 400 killings the year before we got there inside the prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, the prisons was uh, 12,000 uh, guards and inmates 
and about 80,000 prisoners at 140 some prisons. Hmm. And so we started working with only the leadership. Tristan, we only worked with the leaders. Um, we exposed them to the values and to the round tables and things started changing. Within six months, it went to zero killings. Hmm. There was a huge um, change that was happening because the prisoners saw the life of the guard change in front of their eyes. And they wanted to be more like the guards. Wow. Well, from there, then it went into Guatemala. There was a video done, and you can catch that on our website. I think you found it. It's a Lared uh, on um, YouTube, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll, put, you can... I'll put it in the description for him. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and so that got out to Guatemala. Then we got Department of Justice contacted us and said, hey, uh, we heard what happened in the prisons of Co in Colombia. Could the same thing happen with our attorneys here in our country? Because many of our attorneys are in corruption. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. And so now we're working with attorneys. The, the attorneys, after about four months, the, the court system in Guatemala said every employee we have, 7,000, was in the justice system, is going into these round tables. So all 7,000. Well, then other armies started contacting us. We started working with President uh, Calderon. He was in Mexico. He, he was the president of Mexico. And we started working with his police officers. And then we started working with, as the video you saw in the Bahamas. We started working with the police department there. And then we started working with the police department in Philadelphia. I mean, God just started opening up doors wow. because the lack of values is what we're talking about. Mm. And that's that's the, that's what our, our society needs today is of uh, values that, to help make a, a change or a difference. Well, I, I kind of feel prompted to ask you to maybe talk about those values uh, that you were talking about with them. Are you able to maybe give us a little bit about it? Sure. Some of the values would be like some of the ones that I noticed when we first um, exposed someone to this ministry. I like, I like to use one like forgiveness. Forgiveness is one. Forgiveness is what I found is, is that people that maybe haven't forgiven, they're, they're carrying all this weight on them. Mm -hmm. And when you're carrying weight on you and you can't forgive someone, you know, now you're not only blocking them, but you're blocking yourself from um, what God had intended for you. Uh, listening. Listening is another one. Uh, listening, when you understand how important it is to listen to someone uh then you can grow from it mm. so there's about 50 different values that we have like a soft voice turns away wrath i don't know if you've ever come to a point where maybe somebody is screaming at you and and now you're screaming at them and they're back and forth and and what i have found through one of these values is the soft answer turns away wrath and so try it sometimes if someone starts raising their voice to you you lower your voice and slow down with your words mm -hmm. and you'll notice the it's like someone just threw a bucket of cold water on that fire because it's gone yeah so it, that's what these values would do for you in life it's it's like what deuteronomy said these things will help you make a difference in your life yeah wow. yeah and you can get those website on uh, global priority solutions okay if you'll uh, google that uh, you can bring up and my daughter dawn is the one that's president of that uh, she's an amazing lady. Yeah. Mm. What's it like having your, um, your family work in your ministry with you? 
on some parts like that. Do you? It's it's been wonderful. You know, it started uh, it started in California. Mm -hmm. My daughter was probably seven. My son was probably five, and we were starting a new business in publishing. Mm -hmm. And I always felt, Trisha, like if I was a farmer, all my family, all my kids would be out helping me do whatever we're going to do. You know, if it's if it's uh, we're bringing the harvest, we're milking the cows, whatever we're doing, we're all doing it in the family, right? Yeah. And I looked at businesses being the same way. When I'm in business, all the family is going to be doing everything that I'm doing. So my wife is doing what I'm doing. And my kids are doing what we're doing. And <clears throat> I wanted to grow as a father uh, to help them uh, in a business relationship. Um, I wanted them to be able to believe in themselves more than what um, they could anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so our family, uh, through the businesses in California, and then when we sold that, we moved to Ohio, uh, and then we started more businesses again. So we've always, always worked together. And now that I'm out of those businesses, the kids are still now, you know, they took over the resort and they're, they're running the resort and <clears throat> I'm spending more time in flying and doing things that God's called me to do. But yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, working, working with John Maxwell, man, that, that's gotta be, um, amazing seeing all the different testimonies of people. I mean, I know he, he teaches a lot on leadership. Um, do you have anything, I mean, being around him, I'm sure you've gleaned a lot off of him about like being a good leader and things like that. I mean, I can, already... John is, uh, John is amazing, yeah. amazing man. Hmm. Uh, as much as you would think about him, as you read his books or as you hear him speak and you think, wow, well, he is every bit of that as a friend, just like what he promotes in his books, just like he does when he does his seminars. John is the real deal. And uh, he is he's gifted, but he works very hard. He's, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. And I've met a lot of hardworking guys, but John tops them all. I mean, all. Um, because he enjoys exactly what he's doing. He loves to write. He loves to add value to people. And so he's constantly writing. I mean, in the plane, um, you know, he doesn't, I always told him, I said, John, if you just let me sell the seat beside you, I, I would love to uh, make some money at this, at, at this flying thing. And we can turn this in from being a, a cost thing to a profit thing. And he said, no, no, no. He said, when I'm sitting back there, I'm writing. And if I have somebody back there, then I can't write. And, and that's what he does. He just loves to add value to people. And so he's always thinking, always writing, always reading about how he can add value to others. I mean, he's wrote, what, over 100 books? And I've sold like 30 or 40 million of them. And yeah, so and he, he's probably the busiest he's ever been the, of, the, of, the, uh, of the 20 years that I've known him. He's the busiest right now. And he's 73, 74. 75 and um he's a busy i mean yeah mm. crazy all right patricia anything else before we close this oh no i'd love for you to pray over everyone um i mean you've got a lot of a lot of success in life um and and i'm just so honored to have you on i'm very very grateful to get to know you um and i feel like god has something that he wants to impart to everybody through you today Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for this time that we've spent with Christian and 
and company, God, thank you. I pray anointing over Tristian, God. I pray anointing on those that are listening to this, God, that they can pick up some of these rocks and make their own rock pile with it. God, thank you. Thank you, Father. You're such a loving Father, and you want the best for us. Matter of fact, you want more for us than what we want to do for ourselves. And so, Father, help us with that. Help us see what you see and do what you're doing. And we give you praise and honor and glory, God. You're the best. You're the best, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your love. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray amen and amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for watching. We love you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.